all the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California, this is Kings in the North Podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing six feet four inches tall at a Jesuit high school, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy. And standing six feet tall out of McClatchy High School, Big Baller Ben. Kings of the North Podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, hit up our Patreon. Welcome back to Sack Kings of the North Podcast. There is snow on the ground here in beautiful British Columbia, but our hearts are warmer than Luke Walton's seat because your Sacramento Kings are 30, count them, 30 and 26. Following a six-game homestand, the Sacramento Kings finish 5-1. and one. We're going to recap uh, four games for you, and uh, then we're going to preview a, uh, a very short, slow week due to the All-Star Weekend festivities coming up just one week away. So strap in, it could get bumpy. So let's start with that uh, Spurs game last Monday. Uh, back at Golden One Center, you know, kind of just a, a good old-fashioned win. Yeah, this was a, I'd say, a solid 48, you know, yeah, I'll call it 48-minute performance mm-hmm. uh, on national, well, you know, I guess you national, know, semi-national. Semi-national television. You know, it's still blacked out on League Pass, so yeah. national enough. Yeah, so we got the NBA TV game, and we really kind of just showed, uh, you know, everyone else around the association what, what we're kind of about. It's, yeah, I mean, we, 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 we beat a team that's kind of been surging here recently. Yeah. Um, a, a team that's also just been held as the standard of greatness for the last 20 years. 20 plus. Yeah, I mean, since, since what, 99? Yeah, so... Since, since Tim Duncan came in. Yeah, so 21. So, uh, yeah, really really just a kind of good win. Anytime that you can beat a team led by Popovich, it's a nice little plus. Yeah, so that moves us to uh, 2-0 and over the Spurs this season, who we are now tied in the loss column with. Mm-hmm. Um, they are just uh, about a game and a half up at the end of the week. So yeah. this, was, this was the beginning of the week. At the end of the week, um, we're, we're you know, right there with a, you know, obviously, like you said, the, uh, the mark of excellence. Um, getting a little deeper into this game... This was uh, the start of the uh, coming out party of the you know the wet bandits I'd say mm-hmm. for the week they had been yeah, playing really, really good game for them they had been playing well um, you know in the pre- previous week but this was uh, particularly exciting because up until this point we'll get into this in, in a minute this was Marvin Bagley's career high uh, in points he went. Uh, 10 of 17 from the field, uh, 24 points, a plus-minus of plus 23. That led the team. Also had uh, 12 rebounds, 4 on the offensive end, shot 75% from the stripe, and there was not, I don't think there was one, you know, actually there was probably one. Let's not give them all the credit. Um, There was, I'd say, 5 sixths. That's a good random Mm -hmm. amount. Of his possessions were the perfectly orchestrated play, exactly what he needed to do, you know, time and score, and I think that's that's what I'm looking for. Another random number. If we can get that up to seven eighths of the possessions, mm-hmm. um, that'll just be perfect. What, what what do you think about Marv? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think you mentioned it, but you there's the the highlight reel, the end all highlight reel. Oh, of course. With the what everybody's calling a 360 dunk, which is a little closer to 180, but we'll give it to him. Yeah. It was a it was a great play. Really, just it, it put that athleticism athleticism on display mm-hmm. and put the league on notice that scores is here. So, you know. It was a great game from him. Great game from uh, from Giles as well. Yeah. And, I mean, after this game, everybody was kind of tossing around, should we just leave Willie at the trade deadline, which was later in the week, and let these two take over? Um, so that's maybe a direction for the next couple months. We'll, we'll see where, you know, this this uh, tough stretch of games before and after the, the uh, All-Star break take us. But in, in other news... We also had uh, a couple of former Kings playing for the Spurs, uh, and that's really just a tale of two different players. Rudy Gay put up his, his classic 11 points, kind of a fic, uh, efficient with five rebounds, a couple assists, a steal and a block. Um, the only starter on that Spurs team to be in the positive plus minus. And on the other hand, you had Marco Bellinelli, who we thought all game was about to go human torch and light us up. Yeah. And ended up missing six out of seven threes and was a, a minus 19 from the floor. Yeah, I think this one um, was, I think the, the the win, 15 points, it was, it was a lot closer than that. Yeah. Throughout. And I think the one thing that kind of, uh, I said earlier, is it was a full 48 minutes. I think it just, it was not a full 48 minutes. I think there was definitely stretches in the second quarter where we did not play smart basketball and kind of let them back into the game. We had a uh, double-digit lead after... We had a 12-point lead after one. And uh, I, we, we still had a lead at half, but, you know, they chopped that in half and then some. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that hasn't been too friendly to the Kings this year, the third quarter, uh, actually was very friendly. We ended up coming out and playing... Um, Really solid in the third. I think the the other thing I was gonna was gonna mention was that you don't really think about this as far as the Spurs mo, but they are percentage wise the best three point shooting team in the NBA, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where we you know took this game away. This is where the the close game led to this fifteen point lead. They shot uh, as a team only twenty eight percent from three. While we shot over forty percent from three, um, no one was you know really jacking up a lot of shots except for Mister Buddy Heald. Um, the I think the high point of this game for me, the unsung hero of the this week even, and I guess it's not unsung considering I'm bringing him up in the first game breakdown, mm-hmm. but is Yogi Ferrell. Uh, Seventeen minutes, nineteen points. Now his plus minus was neutral. But he was did the old uh, Christian Leitner perfect from the field, and seven uh, of seven. Yeah, seven of seven, four for four uh, mm-hmm. from three. So the the combination of uh, Bogdanovich, who was struggling from three to say the least, uh, working with uh, Yogi the. Uh, Second string, uh, second unit backcourt mm-hmm. really, really kind of uh, worked well together because Bogey was able to facilitate and, and ended up did you know with a positive plus minus. 
I think this was just this was a really fun game. Obviously, it's on national television, so it's always fun to win one of those. But again, this one put us three games over 500, which is a mark we had hit um, but not surpassed up till that point. One thing, this is a uh, this is the last point I have to say on this. If if you have anything, no, okay. So this is the last. This is a good segue. There was one player on the Kings. Oh, I lied. There was two, but that doesn't look as good for the segue. So let's just say, let's just forget about Nemanja for a second. The only player coming off the bench with a negative net rating mm-hmm. was Justin Jackson. Yeah. Um, and that is a good segue. Why? Because that leads us right into the Wednesday discussion night. of Wednesday nights, uh, or Wednesday nights, um, kind of, uh, Trade deadline eve mm-hmm. uh, game and movement, player movement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Wednesday was a weird day. We it started off with Shumpert getting escorted out of the arena. Yeah, because uh, at the eleventh hour. Yeah, he was traded right before, right after everybody was told to show up for the game, but right before like warm up started, so uh, he had to leave and go join the visitors locker room. Uh, but he actually just went home. Yeah, he definitely didn't do that. And um, additionally, right during the first quarter, Justin Jackson and uh, Mr. Suit himself, Zebo, were escorted back to the locker room as they had been traded to, to Dallas for uh, Harrison, Harrison Barnes. Barnes. Uh, former Warrior, what former also Maverick, now Sacramento King, Harrison Barnes. Uh Really, a couple of small moves, but Harrison Barnes is one that we've been talking about all season as a, as a target. Definitely um, has come up multiple times as a small forward acquisition that we were looking at the Kings at least making a move for here before the trade deadline, which they did. So, um, pretty interesting. The other big name addition to the squad was uh, Alec Burks, not Trey Burks. I don't know which one. One of them's Burke and one's Burks. It's, yeah, Who it's, knows? It's Trey Burke. No. Yes. Yeah. They're they're very similar, uh, but Alec Burke with the S is the one that is now in the Kings, and he did play well on Friday and played all right tonight on Sunday. But uh, anyway, this this Wednesday game against the Rockets was just a team in flux. Uh, a lot of the young guys didn't really know what it was like to lose. A player at the deadline, um, and you you really could just see it in everybody's eyes. They were kind of just shell shocked. Yeah. It was looking like the end of World War One. Yeah. Everybody's coming back with a thousand miles to stare. So uh, yeah, they they they, they thought it, the uh, war would be over by Christmas, but it dragged on for another like three and a half years. Yeah, we didn't get the song by the Beatles, and and who knows what happened. Yeah. So uh, anyway, this game was just a tale of three players. James Harden continued his streak of 30-plus. Uh, Eric Gordon lit on fire out of nowhere in the second quarter, and that's what pulled pulled the, the Rockets away from the Kings. And Chris Paul had an above-average game for him this season with 15 points. Um, you know, it, there, there's not a whole lot to talk about with this one. You know, it was just a, an issue of young guys not being not being accustomed to the business that is the league 
and kind of just coming out in a tough situation and not really able to play. Um, this was the end of a six-game home win streak for the Kings, uh, which is unfortunate, but, I mean, it, it happened to one of the best teams in the league. There's definitely uh, worse ways to end losing streaks or winning streaks. So Yeah, I think this one, if there is a bright spot, I think it would be, uh, I guess, again, the play of uh, Marvin Bagley, Harry Giles. Yeah, I mean, Giles was effective in all of his minutes on the floor. He had 17 minutes, 14 points, and was a minus four, which is one of the, 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 the best numbers in the team for somebody who played over 15 minutes. so Yeah, the only person with a positive net rating was Scal... Frank Mason also. Oh, of course. Yeah, I can't forget um, about Frank. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, oh, yeah, Frank actually had a pretty solid game. 13 points in 12 minutes. Yeah. But the, the point was moot. Um, yeah, it was just... Uh, I mean, they're, they're playing with a shorter rotation. They were playing with zero threes. Like, we didn't have a small forward that entire game because they were both traded. So... All in all, just kind of a, a wash of a game. Um, the, the way our defense is set up, particularly in this game where we didn't really have like an on-ball defender, yeah, was you kind of just—I wouldn't say it's like a—it's almost like a hybrid zone, and it kind of just dares you to make the three. Yeah, and this is Game Seven in the Western Conference yeah, Finals, so twenty-seven. So the Rockets, you know, they, they made they—they they wasted some of their twenty-seven on us. Um, this was. I think a low point in De'Aaron Fox's season. He was, you know, fr- frustrated, you could tell. Only had six points in 29 minutes. Um, really awful from beyond the arc. 0 for 3, and n- none of them were close. And, you know, old reliable Buddy Heald, you know, he shot, I mean, he still shot 30%, but when you're still- jacking up 10 threes, that's not great. Yeah. So, anyway, just the, to... Yeah, the one thing I'd just like to finish about this game is that the post-game interviews were almost more interesting than mm-hmm. the game itself. Um, when asked about the trades and whatnot, you get you get three kind of separate answers. And it was kind of interesting who they came from and in what order. So you have Buddy Heald kind of taking the responsibility, on, you know on himself, which that that's the personality he is. So that one's not too odd. And basically just said, I'm going to have to come out and play better. And then you had De'Aaron who had a very terrible individual game, but then again, no one played very well um, individually. And he kind of had the uh, more vague, we'll get it together as a team, move on from this. And then you had the uh, now the most senior member mm-hmm. um, of the uh, players who get minutes, I guess you know because you know we still got the goat Costa Kufas, yeah. but the most senior member of at least the starters, Willie Cauley Stein, said had a very immature answer, and has since you know not retracted the statement, but has followed up, basically just said that the the trades hurt the Kings in um, a sense that the locker room presence was something that they could, that they, that had worked for the team um, and something that they could never get back. And I just feel like 
that's not a great answer to give to the media. Yeah. I think... I mean, that's that's something that you'd hear out of this Celtics locker room. Yeah, which is something you did hear out of the Celtics yeah, locker room. Yeah, so uh, definitely not the, the direction that we want to be trending in. And I think the real test for the, the squad was Friday's game against Miami and how they bounced back. Yeah, I think... Which definitely was... It was a full 48-minute effort out of them um, having to kind of come back after being in a deficit early. Yeah, we looked... Really terrible for three quarters. And I'm I mean, assuming, yeah, the first quarter, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was just a really slow, sluggish kind of, again, f- feeling it out, um, punch and counter punch kind of first quarter. Mm-hmm. And then the second quarter wasn't much better. We outscored Miami by two. But it was, uh, th- that was the D-Wade quarter. Yeah. D-Wade had a little personal 11-0 run. Which was most of his points in the game. As yeah, well. that really kind of kept them. Another former king here with uh, Hassan Whiteside, who I've always said is kind of overrated. Um, he's, a, he's a big stats guy, but not a really efficient player. Doesn't make his team better. Doesn't really play great defense outside of rebounding. Um, you know... He's obviously any any seven foot one kind of uh, length is going to be a, 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 something you have to worry about, but I, he really wasn't that effective in this game. No, uh, he did gobble up the boards like like it was his breakfast, but you know most of them are just defensive rebounds, and he's hunting the easy stat. So yeah. Kind of, he's he's definitely like a stat patter kind of. Yeah, and he's he's one of the guys that is on one of the worst contracts. I mean, he was given big money by Miami, and then they like are very hesitant to build around him because he's such an. I mean, he's such a limited player. So, yeah. anyway, he's um, honestly he's, he's someone you just can't even build around. You at really this can't. Point. It, he's he's outdated. He'd be a good third he's piece. He's a dinosaur. On the team. He's archaic. Yeah, he's Chris Bosh. He's yeah. Chris Bosh 2.0. Except Chris Bosh would probably be pretty good if he didn't like almost die yeah. from that lung disease. But anyway. Yeah, there was a, a couple things um, in this one that was just kind of fun to highlight. So let's start with the uh, the new additions. We instantly threw Harrison Barnes into the starting lineup. And this is kind of his, you know, his MO is that he's not going to be shooting that great from the field. Yeah, and you kind of knew that going in, but he had twelve points. Um, he had a plus minus of plus five. He was a very good on ball defender the the whole game. Really, we played pretty solid defense, and it was just an interesting game defensively on both sides because they ran like this quasi two three zone that mm-hmm. it took us. Kind of like what the Rockets run too. Yeah, it took us like three quarters to kind of break it down, and the one person who did. Was Bogey? Mm-hmm. Um, he started off terribly, mm-hmm. and I was distraught. But he really picked it up in the end of the third and the fourth quarter. Ending with sixteen points, uh, had a plus minus a plus eleven. Mm-hmm. Ended up shooting sixteen for fourteen, and so that you know I was wanted to look into his uh, field goal percentage from certain areas on the court because what. We really, what really sparked this kind of comeback was his ability to break down this zone and shoot that mid range. Yeah, so we were looking at 
this is uh, on this homestand. So this this uh, this doesn't include the Phoenix game. So this just goes up to this Miami mm-hmm. this Miami game between the the first game with the Hawks. Yeah. Till Friday's game against uh, Miami. Yeah. Bogdan was one very inefficient up close. He was shooting what thirty percent? Yeah, thirty three percent like at the basket. Yeah. So which we, we kind of saw even in uh, the following game. Yeah, pretty frustrating in that sense. But all around, he's he's been shooting really well from that mid range. Yeah. So from five to nine feet, he's shooting fifty seven percent at almost two attempts a game in this stretch. Um. From 10 to 14 feet, with almost, again, with almost two attempts a game, he's shooting 100%. Mm-hmm. And then from 15 to 19 feet, with, again, almost two attempts a game. So, like, these are where a bulk of his, you know, the bulk of his shots are coming. Is at 100%. Where it really tails off is from three, which, I mean, you, you wouldn't think that's the case from the Serbian sniper mm-hmm. but boy has he been bad from three so from three in this homestand he's shooting 24% which is actually better than it was coming into this game where it was at about 15 or 16% yeah. um, so this this kind of begs the question is he hitting that rookie wall even though I mean it's his second season in the league well it's more of a soft I think it's more of a sophomore, sophomore slump. slump I mean in general just kind of uh you know, he's still not used to that NBA travel. Playing in Europe, the furthest you play wouldn't would be like a lot closer than yeah, we look going to up. New York if, or if going to If you superimpose a map mm-hmm. of the, you know, the US with the travel times mm-hmm. and the road trips, superimposed over a map of where these European pl- players are playing, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's like going from England to like the tip of Italy. Even yeah, it's like going from sometimes from like London to, to Turkey. Yeah. Like, it's uh, it's quite... So what the hell, Europe? Yeah. Be bigger. Anyway. You know, uh, size matters. Yeah, I mean, Bogdan was huge and instrumental in closing out this game. And I think, um, hopefully, he can return to form. I think it's not even a sophomore slump. Mm-hmm. It's more of just, like, the inconsistencies... On a day-to-day basis of knowing his role. So in in the rookie year, it was kind of just like... There was no expectations for this European player. Mm -hmm. And he really played... That played into his... His shot. Yeah. No, there was... He wasn't really on the scouting report other than this guy can, like, torch the defense. And basically everyone dared him to. and, And he took him up on the challenge and succeeded. I think this year... Especially after the uh, MVP performance in the uh, rookie sophomore Rising Stars game, people kind of know how to defend him a little better. He's he's decent going to his left. He can you know and he can he can drive with uh, he can lay it in with both hands. But I think the thing that really is uh, that that hurts him as far as uh, his offensive game is when you just close out instantly or even. Uh, Sorry, I mean, uh, when you pressure him in the backcourt. Yeah, when, when make him hesitate, make yeah. him try to make a decision. Um, I think I think All-Star Weekend and the, the big amount of rest that we have leading into All-Star Weekend should help him out a lot. We have three days off, or two days off before 
um, playing the Nuggets on Wednesday. And then we have another three days off before he plays in the Rising Stars Challenge. Friday or Saturday? Friday. Friday. So two days off there again. And then he has the rest of the weekend to kind of recover. Hopefully that'll give him a little, you know, time to recuperate. Yeah, because there was like the knee, obviously the knee mm-hmm. injury, the foot. Leading the season. The foot during the season. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I think this is the one thing where if we can get everyone firing on all cylinders, if we can get Buddy Heald shooting 45 you know, 48% from three. Mm-hmm. We can get bogged on, running the second unit. And I think that's where he's most valuable is yeah. is uh, is drawing the defense and allowing kind of Harry Giles and Marvin Bagley to have just a free run at the basket. Mm-hmm. So he's still very valuable. But if we can get him running, uh, running the second unit, if we can get De'Aaron Fox, you know, running downhill, getting... Just double-digit scoring from layups, which is something that should happen every night. Yeah, um, I think that again that we're we're a really tough team to beat, especially at home. Um, and that did not change in the game against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, on I mean, Sunday. That that's kind of how we built the lead. Uh, we relied on guys like De'Aaron and Buddy to get the ball, move it quick, and start running the floor and we caused a couple turnovers in the first and, and into the second and we're, we're really good at taking care of the ball in the first half and it just before you know it, it was a 20 point lead yeah um this an, a hot start from Nemanja yeah really hot start and a really cold finish too. yeah I mean he he didn't play a whole lot um a couple big mistakes in the second half you know, hand ball off the hands, straight out of bounds, and easy rebounds, uncontested rebounds. But all in all, a pretty good game. Um, huge, huge improvements for Bagley at the line, shooting eleven of thirteen, which is really good compared to where he was to start the year. This was such a fun game to watch, Marvin. There's still some of those cringy, like, you know, just give the ball to a guard type. Yeah, moments. a couple where he's take trying to go coast to coast, where he just. You know, give it up a little bit. Somebody come get the ball. But, you know, he was really, really good all night. Looked good, fun to watch. Um, and was was good in every facet of the game. I mean, yeah. even shooting the three, he was 50%. Shooting in close, he was obviously, as always, really consistent and good. And he, he hit the majority of his free throws. Yeah, so since we haven't, you know, said this so far... We had six players in double figures, led by Mr. Marvin Bagley III. Mm-hmm. Uh, he eclipsed his previous career high earlier this week, 24. This game he had a whole 32, 32 points in 32 minutes. Yeah, he was four points away from doubling any other player's production. Yeah. So, uh, really uh, just a great game from Bagley. You know, kind of ended that who's better bagley Aiton debate. Um, but at the same time... I really feel bad for Aiton because he's just not used in the right way at all Yeah, that, on that team. We were saying during this game is that the Suns have so much talent. Mm-hmm. And so, and they do not use any of their players how they should. No, not at all. I mean, the ball is never in Booker's hands enough. And when it is, he's just kind of looking for somebody else to do something. He's, he's not working off a screen or, you know, moving around. Josh Jackson could be probably one of the best best cutters in the mold of like a Dwayne Wade. 
in the league. I mean, that guy is fast. He's super inconsistent. Just like, yeah, inconsistent. And, you know, this team is definitely someone to watch in the next 10, 10 years. What's so but, interesting is that obviously, like, they're they're better. I mean, you would think so, and they are with Devin Booker because he's been out with injury so much. This mm-hmm. was the, actually the first time we saw him this season in, in – uh, is it the third matchup or the fourth? I think it's the fourth. It is the fourth. Yeah, we played two in Phoenix. Yeah, and two. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the first time we've seen Devin Booker. And, and the last time yeah. we've seen him this year. So well, well, just to finish my thought, I was just gonna say is they're really not that much better with him either. No. Yeah. I mean, he he's definitely still a liability on the defensive end, and kind of just all around, he does stop ball movement. Yeah. But I mean, they, they just have, don't have the effort that they had the last time say. that we played them when they had, you know, Ubre going off and they had um, Quincy Acey, another former king, playing a couple good minutes here and there. So this is now I looked at everything. All right, so the plus minus. Mm-hmm. There was no one on the Suns with the positive plus minus. What about neutral? Well, that Dragon Bender. That doesn't matter. There was no one with the positive plus minus. The reason I bring this up is it's just so odd mm-hmm. to see someone like Devin Booker with 27 points but yeah. having the worst plus minus on the team. He also played 35 minutes in a 15 point loss. So but, it's But all their I starters mean, played 30 plus. Yeah, I mean most of their starters were 10 plus and plus minus. The only ones that weren't were Bridges who who we all, we both said played pretty well today and Aiton. Who no, played in garbage I mean, time, both my, of them. My thing so. was just to, to add on to your point. Yeah. Was that he's a defensive liability and he stopped Definitely. ball movement. Yeah. Is that that's there's no other way to put it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you score 27 points and have a such a terrible net rating. He, I think he for him to, to reach his full potential, he'd have to be put in a system like Harden where he can do both of those things and still excel. So, I mean... In the end, it was a good game, good victory for the Kings. The, one of the longest third quarters in history. Yeah. I mean, that thing dragged on worse than an, an NFL game, worse than Super Bowl 53. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, let's. So, so, yeah, this, this, let's finish it up with just saying. Yeah. This win put us at 30 and 26. This was the first time mm. all season we've been four games over. 500. We're now 19 and 11 at home. Mm. So all you guys that, you know, get out to the games, thank you cuz you it's you know, it's not that Arco Thunder, but it's it's close. Yeah. It's a it's a huge advantage, I think especially for a young team to play at home. And, you know, now we'll, we'll hit this preview. We got a couple coming up on the road mm. uh, that that sandwich the All-Star break. So, let's hit you with the preview. Up first, we have Denver in Mile High. Yep. And it is supposed to be the return of another former king. Yep. IT squad, Isaiah Thomas is looking to return from a secondary hip surgery after his first hip surgery after being traded, well, before being traded from the Celtics to the Cavs and then getting dealt from the Cavs to the Lakers and then not getting signed over summer. So, now he's on the Nuggets. But it'll be his first game back uh, since mid-last year. So that'll be fun to see. Yeah, he's currently on that D-League, or sorry, G-League assignment. 
to recover. Um, so, you know, this this uh, Denver team is always going to be a tough matchup. They play inside-out basketball with, you know, some a couple of really capable bigs in Jokic and Mason Plumley, who thought anyone would ever yeah. say that he's capable, but he's looked very good this year. And they have some real sharpshooters out of Barton and uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, De- Harris, uh, Gary, Gary Harris. Gary Harris. You know those are their 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 backcourt's very strong. Their front court is Jokic is probably one of the top three centers in the league with up there with AD and Boogie. So any way you look at it, it's going to be a tough game. Um, but I think the only thing we have going for us is. They're hurt. Yeah. And they're kind of coasting into the all-star break. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Mike Malone's going to be thinking about how to coach up a team of superstars. How do you coach Team LeBron? Without getting fired over all-star break. Yeah, I think this this is uh, an interesting game. Obviously, it's a road game. You're playing the team who's jockeying for top spot in the Mm -hmm. West. But I don't think there's a better time to have this matchup. I agree. Uh, Paul Millsap. He is still hurt. Yep. Gary Harris, groin, still hurt. Pro- mm-hmm. Will probably play. Probably will play. He played played against the Sixers the other day. He's out against Miami on Monday. <coughs> so you, you never know what's going to happen. Because, yeah. lo- quote-unquote, load management. Yeah, thanks, thanks LeBron. So, it, this is an, an interesting one. I don't, you know, I don't think the Kings uh, will be able to get away with the... The cardiac kings variety. Yeah, of wins. they're really going to need to come out and play forty-eight four yeah, minutes I think to win this one. We're, we're going to need to build up a lead mm-hmm. at, that uh, we can kind of just let them chip away at, and ultimately we kind of just string together a fourth quarter. Yeah, to to put it away. Um, the only other game next. Well, there's two other games next week. We have the Rising Stars Challenge. Featuring De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley III on Team USA. And uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich on Team World. Outside of that, the I think Team World should be favored. Uh, their lineup looks insane. Yeah. Featuring feature. Ben Simmons and Luka Doncic. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Uh, the guy from the, the, the Nets, Kukic, whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. Crazy name from the Nets. Uh among with another others. Serbian national. So I think that, that'll that be a fun thing to watch. It always is. Um, probably be very similar to the, the All-Star game with very little defense. So uh, if I you... think what's what's fun about this year is, too, because Team USA has, like, Donovan Mitchell. And yeah. Like these players is... Jay, uh, Jason Tatum and It's getting to the De'Aaron point Fox. where, yeah, obviously with, with De'Aaron... Buddy is not a uh, rookie sophomore anymore, so he won't be able to mm-hmm. to grace us with his presence in that one. But I think what's so fun about this game now is that uh, you know f- even four, three or four years ago, mm-hmm. this game was just like players that you knew if they were on your team or yeah. in your division. Yeah. But now these guys are you know the ne- they are superstars at this point. Yeah, I mean in their career after after. Jason Tatum's incredible season last year after Donovan Mitchell's great playoffs last year. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons' rookie campaign. I mean, you have Luka Doncic came into the league as a household name. So it's it's just like you have these guys that are bigger than they used to be. These They are their personal brands, and they are bigger coming into the league. 
which just makes this game more fun. Yeah, and especially if you're, I think this is like, I don't, this isn't even a hot take. If you're gonna watch one event, yeah, I would say it's that. I mean, I'm I'm still partial to the celebrity game, but of course, uh, got to support our, our man Hassan. Of course, Sacramento native Hassan Minaj playing in the celebrity game. Uh, shouts to him. We'll uh, we'll cheer you on. But I, I do agree, this is one of the most fun events, um, and I, I I'd say the same for the All Star game itself. It, it, it's another one of the good ones. Um, but yeah, and then. Going on to Saturday night, we have... Yeah, All-Star Saturday night. The whole thing's been rebranded, so I don't even know what it's called anymore. It's yeah, not... Sprite's... It's, it's not Sprite not Slam Sprite Dunk. anymore. It's not yeah. the BBVA Compass. Who knows? It's... N- but yeah. anyways, in your your skills challenge, we have De'Aaron Fox competing against a field, including Luka Doncic again, and others. Um, as well as we have Buddy Heald competing in the three-point contest against... Both Steph and Seth Curry, Damian Lillard, uh, anyone else notable that I'm mentioning? Dirk. Dirk, yeah. Uh, no Bertons, which is a, a real shout. Just a, just really missed him there. But yeah, should be actually, a fun weekend. Yeah, they added, uh, I think this is the first year they added two more to the field. There's seven this year. They're, dude, there's a lot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oh, nine, ten. There's, there's ten. ten this year. Yeah. So you got former champ Devin Booker. Yep. You got the Currys. You got Danny Green. Always been a... Uh, Pretty good shooter. A great shooter. You got Joe Harris out of Brooklyn. You got Buddy Love. You got Dame Dalla. Chris Middleton. Eh. You got Dirk. You know, see ya. And you got Cardiac Kemba at home. So, so that's... Again, that's going to be fun too. Three-point shootout is always a great one. Honestly, the most underwhelming thing, in my opinion, I've always hated it, is the slam dunk. Look for Miles Bridges to be that hometown kid, who, hometown hero. You know, he's going to probably take it home pretty easily. I mean, you got John Collins from Atlanta. You got Heimdall from uh, OKC. And you got Slang and Wood, Dennis Smith Jr. So uh, it's, it's not like the big names and, you know... Obviously, at this point in his career, you're never going to get LeBron. You're not. I mean, I don't even think you get guys like Zach Levine after his yeah. knee injuries, or even Aaron Gordon, who's just playing for that contract. So it's it's kind of a tough one. This is never something that they're going to retire. Yeah. But, but like, the, it, if there was a year to do it, it'd be this one. Yeah. Because I mean, no one wants to do the dunk contest, and who wants to see? I don't know. I mean, last year with Donovan Mitchell was fun, but it wasn't even that fun. I think all I want is like a Vince Carter tribute again, because mm-hmm. everyone thought like, oh, last year's is, you know it's last year, but like this year, probably you know could be. Mm-hmm. I think more realistically. He said one more after this. Yeah, but I'm just kind of nuts. Who knows? Well, so that's kind of it for next week. Um, let's move on to everybody's favorite segment. What city, what song? You give us a city, and we give you a song. Up first this week, we have Denver. And uh, kind of in the same vein, we chose two songs that are very similar to each other. Yeah. Uh, I went first with Rocky Mountain Way uh, by Joe Walsh. So uh, A classic. Pretty, pretty fun one. You know, Denver up in those Rockies, up in that altitude. Yeah, and I went for the... Uh... You know, the, the like we said, similar band. I went John Denver, Rocky Mountain High. Um, and, yeah, I just think... Both just kind of American classics. I was just going to... I was like, yeah, you read my mind on that one. So so that's Denver. And then we're doing like a pseudo uh, What City, What Song for the All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
you know, what else am I going to pick besides Smash Mouth? All-Star. Yeah. And in the same vein, I went with Good Charlotte again because of Charlotte the city. And since we're celebrating these guys, we're, we're all going to be living that lifestyle of the rich and the famous. So, uh... That's yeah. it for this week. Yeah, until next week when we have a, a whole new set of cities and a whole new set of songs for you. We'll see you then. And now we have league news. Uh, you know, it was a big week. Trade deadline approached and went. Um, you, there's movement across the league, and it kind of put a bunch of teams in turmoil for 48 hours. Yeah, it was interdivisional, it was interconference yeah, trades, and it was players, intergalactic. Players were moving, like uh, the big one, Mike Muscala. Yeah. The Moose flew from Philly to L.A. only to be traded again back and had to fly back to Philly. So uh, we, we were both thinking the, the 24 hours leading up to and the 24 hours post-trade deadline – they should just have a freeze, no games for those two days. Let basketball fans have a lot of fun just watching the Woj and the Shams and everybody else who tweets and following these trades. Um, so you know what actually just hit me was that that's how it used to be. Well, that's how it was because it was during the All-Star, All-Star break. But then that led to a lot of quote-unquote collusion. Because well, everyone's other, in the same spot, yeah, and, the, and GMs are talking, and who knows what's going the, on. The other, and then the Kings lose to Marcus. Well, that's the other thing, is they don't want people being selected to the All-Star game and then not playing, yeah. because they've just been traded. So, you know, you can't, what? What's the saying? Uh, Lead a horse to water, well, make that, a drink? Well, that's us saying, but not the one I was thinking of. What is it, have your cake and eat it too? <laughs> yeah, the NBA, you can't have your cake and eat it too. If you want to move the trade deadline... Away from the All Star Game because of you know mm-hmm. X Y and Z, then you got to make a twenty four hour period because I mean I, who knows the the Rockets were shooting lights out but it might have cost the Kings it, a game. It would have just been interesting to have. Plus, you know, it's more fun to have if you make a trade. I want the players there for all the games. for all the games. Yeah. It's not like oh I'm gonna you know a trade. I gotta minus, do my physical tomorrow. Yeah, minus a game or two. Yeah, that's just nonsense. It's just Adam uh, Silver. So that's just hurting the fans more, and it's hurting the product. Yeah, yeah. You it's heard it here first. So, anyways, let's look back. A very pr- eventful week. Yeah. So I'm gonna start with a big move in both conferences that particularly impacts the Sacramento Kings season. Mm-hmm. The uh, well, and obviously we'll get to the Kings centric trades and team news. This is just league news mm-hmm. now. So it's Tobias Harris that frees up uh, a lot of uh, space in the Western Conference standings without mm-hmm. the LA Clippers' highest score, and that also um, puts the uh, Eastern Conference on notice. Now Philly has four should-be All Stars, um, adding Tobias Harris to an like I said an already stacked Philly team, and he instantly. Um, kind of meshed, like as in today when they beat the Lakers by 23. That was huge. Mm-hmm. I think his first shot from the field put him above Ben Simmons on the Sixers' all-time uh, three-pointers list. So that's hilarious. Yeah, um, this so. was another big one. And this is... Uh, obviously, we already dealt with Kristaps of Dallas. That was before the actual deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Another big one was uh, 
Otto Porter Jr. traded from... Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he was a, a Washington Wizard after they'd also said that they wouldn't trade him or Bradley Beal after John Wall's Achilles injury. Uh, they traded him anyways for Bobby Portis and... Uh, what's the other... The Mormon guy. Um, Jabari Parker. Oh, yeah. So uh, Mormon? Yeah. Damn, you know the, the more yeah. you know. It's a huge, huge trade. Huge Mormon. Moved from, swapped from Chicago to, to Washington. Um, a player that was on the targets, another one that was on the targets, uh, Rodney Hood, traded for Sosk Steele, Nick Stauskas, as well as uh, some other deep bench guy. What's his name? Wade Baldwin IV. Of course. Yes, obviously. Who... Indubitably. Then, Sosk Castillo and... Uh, Wade Baldwin were further traded later in the week as part of the Shumpert trade to get to uh, Houston. And then again traded uh, to uh, Indianapolis. Of course. And then cut. So Out of the league, Stauskas. Stauskasio is a free agent right now. Could be a notable addition for the Warriors if they're trying to add more shooting to a team that needs if no they need more shooting. All star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, that those were a couple of the big trades. You had, uh, you also had. Oh, um, I remember what I was gonna say. Oh, Miritich. I was just gonna say Miritich to the Bucks. Yeah, honestly, huge trade. Miritich is underrated as far as in my own mind of my favorite player. I think he fell out of like the top couple when he shaved his beard because mm-hmm. he kind of just looked he just like Le- weird, he looked though. like Leonidas. Yeah, just not 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 a good look for him. But he's been hurt in and out of the lineup for New Orleans the whole year. A mess of leg injuries. Really wouldn't want to pay a him. Back injury. Yeah, not not a player I'd like to pay. So, him. but dude, when he is healthy, he is a baller. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Miritich, someone I would love to have on the Kings, but he now it's a classic case. Of the rich getting richer. So if he could stay healthy, I think he's going to really help Milwaukee. And I'm going to say it is uh, Milwaukee with a healthy Miritich against the Sixers' four-headed monster mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference. So those two teams, like you said, the rich getting richer, that was that was huge. And you yeah. know, some, some more names getting tossed to the wayside that, that are big names or were. Was uh, Mark Gasol is now on the old uh, Toronto Raptors? Yeah, traded for Jonas Valanciunas, who they the Raptors tweeted that morning that Jonas is back, and then they traded him. So that was fun. Um, another big trade was uh, so Mike Muscala the Moose was included in that Philly to the Clippers trade for Toby, Toby and Bobby. Um, I forgot about Boban. He was then later linked in a trade for. Beasley and Zubox to go to the Crosstown Lakers. and uh, No, the Clippers. From the Lakers. For, no, from the Clippers to the Lakers. Because the Clippers sent Toby and Bobby for Muscala. Oh, of course, of course. And then he was traded for Zubox from the Lakers. And they swapped. And so he had to fly back to Philly to play Philly on Sunday. Yeah, so this was the Crosstown swap of teams yep. that led him to go back. Going back to the team he started with. Exactly. Because they were on the road. So that's what got me all messed up. This was... It was actually pretty crazy. couple more trades. Uh, one that might have flown under the radar for most non-Kings fans. 
Scala Bissier was traded for Caleb Swanigan. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Swanigan yet, Whatever so who knows? Is. Yeah, um, another he was, he was baller at Purdue. Apparently, who knows? Probably the the last big trade um, was Markel Fultz to Orlando for a package including a couple firsts and a second and Jonathan Simmons. Yeah. So the the you know the fir- first round pick the bust mm-hmm. with the with the mystery shoulder injury. Um, Honestly, this do you see him doing anything, resurrecting his career? I mean, everybody's seen his college highlights. I mean, he, he was an extremely dominant player in college. Been, could have just been a one, you know, one year fluke. He was the he was the same way in the NBA or the McDonald's all whatever course. game, and he's he was consistently good. Yeah, McDonald's throw us a sponsor. So, um, I think if he is ever fully healthy, he could go on to bigger things. This injury that he has is common in MLB pitchers. Yeah. And too bad he's not. No, I know, but a lot of these guys come back and are healthy. Once he got the proper diagnosis, it's still like a nine month thing. Yeah. So if he if he is fully healthy at the end of nine months would put which would put it like this June or July, there's a chance that he can come back and actually be impactful for a team that doesn't have a point guard. So We'll we'll see how that fit is. All right, just just for time constraints, let's just move on to team news. Then we're just gonna yeah. In team news, we have mentioned the additions of uh, Harrison Barnes, Alec Burks, and your boy Caleb Swanigan. So the way this went down was actually really interesting because if like I was, you know, everyone's freaking <laughs> out. So we first trade Shumpert yeah. on the day to the Rockets on the day we play the Rockets yeah. hours before the game. So the Rockets get Shumper. Then within the three-team deal, they get Nick Stauskas. We've already said what happened to him. They get Wade Baldwin. We've already said what happened to him. They get a 2021 second-round pick. Who knows where that's coming from? uh, Cleveland. Yeah. We got a pick from somewhere. Yeah, that's that's coming. So what do the Kings get? Alec Burks. He's someone I thought was just going to be like, you know, the kind of uh, deep bench. Played some pretty solid minutes. I've been saying this for a while. He's just not been getting enough minutes everywhere he's played, both in Cleveland and in Utah. But, like, the last two games he played in Cleveland before he came to the Kings, he put up 21 and he put up 18 in, like, 30 minutes or just under 30 minutes. He's a pretty solid player. Yeah, he's been kind of putting up, like, the one-for-one type of thing, maybe, like, a little less where, you know, he's putting up, like, eight or nine points in, like, Eight or nine minutes. Yeah, not not a, so not a lot of game time. Don't look for him to you know score a ton because don't look for him to play a ton. Yeah, but he's been valuable. He's been a big body at, at you know in the guard uh, realm. But to finish this off, the Kings get a 2020 second round pick. But this comes from Houston. Yeah. So I, this angered a lot of people, myself included, because I thought this was going to be coming from Cleveland. Which would have been a decent second round pick. Well, who knows? James Harden might get hurt next year. Yeah. So uh, it could still provide a, a decent second. So this trade on its own angered a ton of people because the scores were no more. Yeah. And then. Or scores in spirit. Yeah. Um, but so then what ended up happening was in Vladi's mind, I'm sure, although you can never really know. Yeah, who knows? This it was, might just be a monkey smoking a cigarette. Yeah, it's just know. the monkey with the, with the, the clapping, symbols. Yeah. And a cigarette. Yeah, too. and so the the second part of the trade was obviously lumped in Vladi's mind mm-hmm. as one. 
And so this was where, obviously, the Kings receive Harrison Barnes, and then they get Justin Jackson and Zebo. So, if you're looking at it, not as two separate moves where, oh, we lost the first trade, but we won the second trade. Yeah. If you're looking at it, a, you know, a, a one-for-one move, a conglomeration of yeah. parts, you know, shifting, I do think this trade helps the Sacramento Kings a lot. Yeah. So, this is the way I like to phrase it in my head, is that we're essentially gambling on performance off the quarter in the locker room against performance on the court in the form of points. Yeah, just effective and so effectiveness. I would rather bet on the latter every time. So, while it's very sad and I love Shumpert and I bought into scores as much as anyone else, I think I wish Shumpert the best of luck. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's. I was watching the Houston Houston game, its first game. Um, the they ended up blowing a huge lead to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Huge game out of playoff P. Uh, Shumpert came in and aired a three, mm-hmm. and I was just like, you know what? That that was kind of what was happening the whole year. Yeah. Um, Shumpert did not play well against Oklahoma City in the Houston uniform. Yep. And. Led to their demise. Yeah. And I think that, again, this one, once we get over the fact that Shumpert was the locker room guy and he was the turning point Mm -hmm. of the young team, Harrison Barnes and Alec Burks, they they make this team better. Uh, If not just Harrison Barnes. You know know who uh, you would want to add to a team that shoots 0-27 from three? Who else but Iman Shumpert? Who shoots 0 for 10 from 3 in one game? So, uh, another interesting one. Finally, something that we haven't mentioned yet. The 10-day signing of Corey Brewer. Yeah, who is... We have yet to see. Yeah, I think he's supposed to report here in the next day or two. I'm very excited. This is a this is a vet. And this yeah. is a on-ball defender. Yep. This is someone who can play... I'm hoping... It works out, yeah. Because obviously, obviously, then we win games. But I'm I'm hoping the team is able to mesh. We're still, you know, feeling it out as far as the other trades. Mm, and this is somebody who has playoff experience, kind of what Grant and Jerry were going on and on about with Harrison Barnes. Yeah, which is kind of annoying because the dude was terrible in the playoffs. The, the, he's only been to two, is maybe three. Yeah, and he's might have been to three. Pretty bad but in the majority bad in all of the games, but. You know, this is somebody who's been to playoffs and actually been decent. So it'll be interesting just to have that veteran leadership um, and some of that guidance there. And before we wrap up the team news, mm-hmm. this was the biggest move. We cut Ben McElmore. Ah, he's gone. Now he's with the Raptors. Yeah, so look for them to head into a straight f***ing nosedive. Yeah, I mean... Between between good old Mark Gasol and Ben Mackmore, let's add two of the the weirdest former Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean to be fair, B Max contracts only ten days, so like they won't probably nosedive. They'll just lose like four games. Yeah, and oh no, they'll lose like one because it's the All Star break. Damn, they they really got him at the best time. So if you're gonna take on such a terrible player, yeah, you, you're only gonna want him there for like one game. Here's the, here's the the the, the kind of counter side to that though. Unfortunately. When they signed Macklemore, they had to get rid of someone, 
and they traded Malachi Richardson for cash. Oh yeah, so considerations. Hopefully Malachi. Cash considerations. Honestly, he's been everywhere. Great guy. Great. Player. Always love to watch cash. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully Malachi can find a foothold in this league. Yeah. He's always been a like pretty solid guy when he gets minutes. He just never gets any minutes. So. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, maybe he'll find himself back on a scores roster someday. Uh, we'll take him with open arms. And I think that's it for this week's team news. So we, we have two Kingspiracies for you. Uh, this first one has been since refuted as they did appear alongside each other during the Phoenix Suns victory against the Suns. Victory Royale. Yeah. Uh, but the first one, are Harry Giles and Harrison Barnes the same person? You know, they, they look very similar. They play pretty similarly. They are similar in height, stature, body shape. One has a little bit more facial hair. It's kind of just like a thicker version of one. Yeah. So a couple, and, couple more C's added on. Yeah, and uh, kind of adding to this was that they, they were very similar numbers. So maybe just like number cloned. Yeah. So Harry Giles was like a, an early version. Yeah, so in, the, in their Didn't first game. Didn't get to incubate as long. In their first game together, they were not on the court at the same time. And I was thinking, well, they, I mean, they never show them on the bench together either. So I, they could have been the same person. And then in the Phoenix Suns victory royale, like we said, they were on the court at the same time. So who took knows? them to the third quarter though to yeah. be there. So it's that seven quarters. Yeah. So maybe maybe uh, they're what long lost uh, siblings. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. All right, get on to the the actual one. The the real one is does Vladi Divac own a phone? <laughs> and this goes back to the Demarcus Cousins trade of yesteryear. Um, all the all the midseason moves that Vadi makes only happen when the team is in town. So going way back, we have the the Pelicans trade yeah. to the Pelicans. It was All Star Weekend in New Orleans, and now we have Shumpert going to the Rockets. Guess who's in town? Daryl Morey yeah. and the Rockets. So you know maybe we, maybe we should start a GoFundMe to to buy Vadi an iPhone. Or even a burner phone. Who knows? Yeah. A Walmart phone. Something for the Cricket vlog phone. wireless? Yeah, Sponsor exactly. Sponsor us? What about what this other one? Go wireless or whatever? Who knows? But anyways. Get, get this dude some cups and a string. Yeah. Let's get something for Vladi to reach the outside world. He, it's like he's living in a North Korean prison. Has never seen what the possibilities may be. Anyway, yeah. that's it for this week's Kingspiracy Corner. If you have any good Kingspiracies... Email us at kingsinthenorthpod at gmail.com. We might read them if they're good enough. No, hey, we'll read one, all right? So send it. Oh, yeah, so, okay, so last week I promised a raunchy joke. Corporate wouldn't allow it, you know? We're slaves to the system here, so we're just going to tell a nice family-friendly one. All right, why was the math book so sad? Why? It just had a lot of problems. That's that's awful. Well, you know, I had fun with it. Well, you can go have fun with yourself in your room. Uh, a little late-breaking news here. This is the first time the Kings have been four games above 500 this late in the season since April 9th, 2006. Mm. We'll see you next week. That's it for this week. Until next time. Thanks for listening, and go Kings. <laughs> Thank you.